Hello, this is Sophie Dawson from sophiedawson.com and this is another little podcast. Oh, I forgot the intro. I forgot to ask the intro. <laughs> Hello, this is Sophie Dawson from sophiedawson.com and this is episode 153 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things. And I'm on my bike today. I just got off my, my, my little bike. And I'm walking around Saltram, walking around the back end of Saltram. Little Dennis is with us. He's, he's having fun today. Well, he's having fun. I don't know if I am, because the reason I'm outside is because, well, this, this one was supposed to be an article, a little article, where we do look at various articles from magazine, art magazines and art books. What happened was... This is quite funny, but stupid as well. I broke my camcorder. So what I did was, last week I said about how I had a, an experience with a UFO. So what I did today was, I, I went out today with my camcorder. I was testing, I, w- I wanted to test the camcorder in various lighting conditions. And what I did was, now listen to this. What I did was, I, I put my camcorder directly into the sun and today is an incredibly sunny day it's very sunny today but what I did was I was testing out the zoom because this camcorder can zoom up to 3,000 times so what I did was I oh there's a little river down here little like waterfall so I, think, I love the sound of running water I think it's cool but, but what happened was I zoomed right in on the sun because I thought to myself, I wonder what happens if I zoom in on the sun. And um, what happens is, you break your camcorder. So, so I think I've broken the sensor or something. So I can still use the camcorder outside. So if it's nice and sunny, I can still use it. But if I try to use it inside, it doesn't work anymore in low light conditions. So I have, I've, ba- I've, I've basically broke my camcorder. So I've got to buy a new one now if I want to record inside which is a little bit annoying because it costs about 150 quid these camcorders so but I'm gonna have to buy a new one now so I thought what I'll do is on this one I'll come outside with little Dennis and Kitty I'm trying to work out where to sit down so if you're watching on YouTube at youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson you can actually see beautiful little Saltram and the sun's just setting. I love it when the sun's setting because everything sort of goes golden. It's like everything's filled with a golden light. It's quite cool. I don't know what, whether to sit down by the water here. Hmm, I think I'll go around the other side a bit. But so what I thought I'd do is I'll find somewhere to sit down with little Dennis and Kitty. And then... I've still got that little handbag, so about 100 episodes ago, around about episode 50, I used to do this thing where I would pull out random topics from my from little handbag and just like spontaneously talk about them. So I thought what I'd do is, I'd pull out some random topics and just talk about them for a few minutes. I'm just going to sort out this... Um, Thing. What I've got is, I've got my iPhone 
elastic bands on my arm so I can actually use it as a microphone. <laughs> it's quite cool. I like that. I love the sound of nature. It's very nice, I think. Beautiful sound. Apart from the cars. Yeah, well, I don't know what they've done. I think they've built a road quite close to this. There never used to be that noise around here with the cars. It's a bit disappointing. But, so if I can just find a place to sit down. But today's been a very weird one. I was so excited because I thought I'd go out and record, just try and capture, like, well, I was looking for UFOs really. But what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to go out with my other camcorder. Because I've got another camcorder but it's not, it's not as good as this one. But I'm going to zoom in on the moon. So I'm going to basically just watch the moon tonight. I think I'm going to sit down here. It's just a bit muddy down here. Sitting over the pond. <laughs> so I walk around. I'll tell you what, I'll get the little thing out. Right, little Dennis, he's going to, he's going to set us off. So little Dennis is in his little house. <laughs> he's walking along with us. And... What I'm going to do is I'm just going to pull some random puppets out of this bag and I'll just talk about them. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk the other way. It's a, it's a bit noisy this side with the cars. So the first random puppet we've got, it says... It says... Think about why I disabled comments. Talk about why I disabled comments on my website. Hmm, that's quite interesting. So, right, shall I just go, yeah. So what happened was, when was it? Probably about 2016 or something. I had comments on my website, and then believe it or not, I was getting negative comments from my dad. <laughs> How mad is that? I was getting quite negative comments from my dad about my transition and stuff. And uh, that was during the, the time when I was quite suicidal. So I thought to myself, oh, can you hear the birds? Little robin, I think. Up in the tree. Can't <laughs> little robin singing. I love robins. But I thought to myself, well, at the moment, I'm, I'm so, I, I was so sort of delicate and vulnerable, I suppose, that I, I thought to myself, I don't want that. I don't need um, negative comments like that at the moment, because that could have tipped me over the edge, I think. So I disabled them, and then I never put them, and I, I haven't really put them back on. But the other thing is, I don't really think you need comments on your website. I'm not sure. What do you think? I don't, I'm not sure really, just walking past my little bicycle, but so that's why I disabled comments. The thing was, I did get some nice ones, so it is a shame that like sometimes negative people and stuff, they actually can stop the, um, the nice things, because you, you don't know what sort of things you might, what nice little comments you might have missed out on. The thing was, I had to do it at the time, because I couldn't, couldn't handle it. So the next, let's get another one out, my bag. So the next little thing we're going to be talking about is 
<laughs> why start a podcast? I like that one. So why start? Why do I think you should start a podcast? Honestly, I would say this is the best thing I've ever done in my life. I really think it has. It's, it's been very powerful. And the thing is, it's quite amazing. It's quite amazing how much easier something that's hard gets the more you do it. Like when I, I remember when I first started these podcasts, I think I've still got the, um, like the raw footage. But I remember when I first started these podcasts, I would spend about 30 minutes to an hour before I even started the podcast just trying to perfect the intro. <laughs> That's quite funny that this, the intro to this one is all messed up because in the old days, right at the very start, I thought everything had to be perfect. So what would happen was I would... If, if I say... Say I said, Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from CCCC. <laughs> I think, oh, I've messed that up. I've got to start again. And then I'd get frustrated with myself because I was messing up. And then because I was getting frustrated, it was actually making me make even more mistakes. But like now, what happened was, it was around episode 50 when I started pulling these topics out. The reason I did it was I wanted to see if I could talk about things spontaneously. Because up until that point, I was very much like planning everything and trying to be, be in control of all the topics and stuff so when I started doing these spontaneous topics that gave me quite a bit of confidence I suppose and also it's fun I feel like it's way more exciting to not know what you're going to talk about and just to see what words come out because sometimes you you surprise yourself with what comes out I like that it does feel like sometimes you're channeling something it really does feel like that. So why do I think you should start a podcast? Because it will, it will give you confidence, I think. And also, it's, um, it's really fun looking at your old ones. Because you can see how much you're growing. Not only that, it's, it's almost like these things are like little diaries. So, in say five years time, you can look back and you can be, oh, I remember when I was like, like today. I'll be like, oh, I remember when I broke my camcorder and ended up walking around Saltrum. <laughs> it's quite cool, isn't it? I do like the way life sort of flows sometimes. There's somebody walking along here. See, now, I got a little bit, I get a little bit scared when, when I see people when I'm talking. Let's see, I've got to improve. Let's see if I can keep talking. Right, I'm going to pull another topic out. Actually, I better put the camera down. <laughs> I'm going to pull another topic out, ready? So this one, this topic is talk about taking photos. I like that one as well. Taking photos, what I do is I come out to Saltram, which is where I'm at now. At the moment I'm wearing me little, I'm wearing me like, what do you call it, me bicycle helmet. So it looks a bit silly. I wouldn't do that if I was taking photos because when I'm taking photos I like to wear little dresses and high heels and whatnot and I just sort of pose, pose with nature. 
and I love it because I'll I tell you something, the more spiritual I get, the more I realise that what's happened is all those years when I was taking photos, because I've been, I've been taking photos since, well, I remember back in the 90s, my dad had a camcorder, it was one of those ones you had to put actual VHS videotapes into, <laughs> that's how old it was, it was a big one as well, that's what she said. Well, I remember I actually used to, when my dad went out, what I'd do is I'd dress up as, like, Sophie, because I was still Kevin at the time, and I'd, like, I'd record myself on that video camera. What I'd do is I would just sit, I'd, I'd dress up and just sit there, and I'd feel so content. And what I've realised is, the more spiritual I get and stuff, what's, what's actually happening now is... In those moments, I was absolutely empty. My mind was empty. And I feel like that's why I loved it so much. Because it, it was a way of... Well, basically, when you're meditating, when you're deep in a meditation, your mind is empty. So taking photos for me is, is like a way of... It's a form of meditation. That's what it is. I, I've realised that. I love taking photos, but at the start, I was taking photos sort of in, well, in my in the, in the bedroom, in, in, the, in the house and stuff, inside, because I was always too scared to go outside. And then what happened was, as I started to get a bit more courageous, I started going outside taking photos, and what happened there was, that allowed me to connect with nature. There's a little doggy down there. <laughs> little doggy running through the woods. Wonder what he's thinking. So what I've realised is my transgender journey has been very much connecting with spirit, connecting with nature, and and connecting with myself really. So for me, taking photos and like nowadays when I take photos, I just love being with nature. And, it, and it, even to this day, like, what is it, 30 odd years later, I'm, I still, when I take photos, I still have that connection. It's a very, it's a deep, it's a deep connection with, it's a deep emptiness. That's what it is. I think I'm going to go back this way now, climb back up the hill. <laughs> so let's get the next one out. I wonder what this one's going to be. So this one is, says, talk about why I left Sean West in 2015. That's a weird one. Okay, this goes into my transition as well. So in 2013, I started listening to podcasts. And one of the very first ones I listened to was actually, it was a, like a, a monk called Lama Marut. And this is so weird, but I fell in love with him because he reminded me of my dad. He reminded me of my dad, but he was very spiritual. So I connected him with, like, for that reason. But I find it amazing how... What happens is, you, you find, like, spiritual masters and you connect with them. But then what happens is, over time, you sort of, you sort of end up 
drifting apart from them and you sort of find new ones. So for me, it was Moot, it was, um, what's he called? Llama Marut. Then I, then I found, I think it was Ajahn Bra. And then I found Muji. And there's been a few others between that. But those have been my three sort of favouritest ones. But what happened was, after I found Llama Marut, I started listening to art podcasts and podcasts about trying to sort of improve yourself. And one of them was a podcast called Sean West with Sean McCabe. So I actually signed up to a year's membership. It was quite expensive. And I went on to the... I was on part of the community and everything. I really enjoyed it. But what happened was, I started realising that I had to transition... And, well, basically, I had to make a choice. Was I going to focus on my art, try to make that successful, or was I going to focus on my transition? So what I did was I I said I'm going to focus on my transition. So in order to focus, I actually had to leave the Sean West community. It's quite sad, really. And I haven't haven't gone back there since. I still listen to the podcast, although I haven't listened to that for a while. So I think what happened was Sean McCabe went on a little sabbatical. He went on a sabbatical for a year. And I feel like the podcast it went the podcast hasn't been updated for a while. But it's quite weird again how you have these like you have these moments in your life where you're really connected with something. And then I don't know, what you realise is everything's everything's changing. Yeah, everything's changing. And people come into your life, they're really important. And then a month later, they might you might never see them again. That's weird, that is. That's quite weird. So I, I left the Sean West community to, to focus, which is a bit weird because that, that community, is a lot of it is about how to focus. That's quite funny, that. So in, one of the ways I had to... One of the ways I improved my ability to focus was actually by stepping away from the community. How weird is that? Let's see what this next one's going to be like. So the next one, let's have a look at this. This one says, oh, I love this one, look. Talk about spontaneity. I love spontaneity. It used to scare me, you know. I used to be scared of it. I used to think, when I first started these podcasts, I thought, you've got to plan everything. You've got to plan everything. And I thought, well, there's no way you can be spontaneous. Because I, I always felt like... Well, the thing with spontaneity is, you've got to... You've got to be accepting of your mistakes and stuff, I suppose. That's why I think it's powerful... But the other thing I love is how the universe itself is synchronicities. Is synchronicities the same as spontaneity? Mm, no, not really. Oh, I'd like to talk about synchronicities. I like I like synchronicities. But I think spontaneity, the thing with that is it used to scare me. And then when you start, I suppose, practising it, I suppose, in a way, spontaneity is a form of letting go, isn't it? <laughs> There's another doggy down here. Playing with a ball. 
I love dogs. I wouldn't like to have a dog, I don't think. I think they're quite hard work. I like playing with them though. I prefer cats, I do. Cats are brilliant. I love cats. <laughs> cats are cool. Yeah, so I feel like what I like about spontaneity is it's it's quite empowering and also it's fun because when you start doing it you realise how well synchronicities yeah I feel like there is a connection there between synchronicities and spontaneity let's see what the next one is there's loads of them in here if it says anything about Talking on a website, I'm actually going to um, I'm gonna have to skip that one for a minute, I think. What's this one say? Look at your life drawing notes and talk about them. Oh, I can't do that one. I haven't got any life drawing notes. But I'll tell you something though, I do miss that. Because I actually started going to a private life drawing class with an art teacher called Ian Barlow. I loved him, I did. And then what happened was, well with all the um lockdowns and stuff they, they stopped doing the um, life drawing classes and also we used to do oh what's it called we used to do like sketching outside yeah we haven't done that either I'm, I'm about to fall down a cliff edge I think <laughs> I want to go down to the river because it's a little sketch little, um, it's quite cool down here I'll cross over the other side life drawing if I fall down here, it'll be live on camera. That'd be quite funny, actually. Oh, cool. I'm standing on a little doing down by the water. Yay! What's it called? So you've got... Yeah, I do miss life during class. Oh, I'm going to stay here. I like the sound of this water. But Ian Barlow was amazing, because what Ian Barlow was like, he was very much a sort of, what do you call it, a feeling person. Yeah, he was, he was lovely, he was. Actually, I'm going to have to email him. I, I did email him a while ago. He's, he's, he was still happy, which is nice. I'm get another one out. Let's see what we've got here. This next one says... Oh no, time for impressions. <laughs> this is a scary one. So I've got to do some impressions. How many shall I do? I think I'll do five different impressions. So what have we got? We've got, well, Billy Conley. Billy Conley! I'm Billy Conley! And I don't know why. I don't know if you know who Billy Conley is. <laughs> Billy Conley! And I don't know why. I'm Billy Conley, and I don't know why. That's one of them. You got the um, the Irish. Top of the morning, tell ya. You got the Irish. Who likes me Irish, I do. Hey Nadine, Nadine, Irish. Top of the morning, tell ya. Top of the morning, tell ya. What you start to realise is, when you start doing accents and stuff, you realise a lot of them are very closely linked. Like, you've got the Irish, top of the morning too, yeah. And then you've got the Scottish. Well, what's the Scottish? That's quite odd, the Scottish. You've got the, um, the Cornish. 
driving my tractor. I was driving my tractor, I was, and I drove it into a brick wall. And I hurt myself. <laughs> I did, I did, I hurt myself. So that's like the driving my tractor. What I also notice is, when you're doing impersonations and impression, what they called accents, there's certain words you want to keep saying. Because when you say that word, it's a very good way of saying the accent. So like for this one, it's, it's tracker. When you say tracker, it seems to reset. So what happens is, if you're talking like the, um, what do you call it, like the cornish, and it goes off, it starts to lose its sort of cornishness. If you say tracker, you can bring yourself back. <laughs> so that's that one with that one. And then with the, uh, with the Irish, you say top of the morning tell ya. Top of the morning. Top of the morning tell ya. I like saying that. That's free. We've got the Scousia. I'm a Scousia. I'm from Scousia, I am. The thing with that one is, I have to swear. And I, can't, I don't want to start swearing. But the Scousia. If I start, if I do the Scousia, I start swearing. What else is it? Oh, Bromie. I'm from Birmingham. I'm from Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, there's any... I can't really do them anymore. Who else have we got? I can't think of anything else, really. Let's have a look and see what else we've got in here. I like doing accents, eh? Quite cool. Let's have a look at this one. This one says, talk about child abuse. That's quite cool, actually, because I've been updating the website lately and I've been rereading my diary entries from my little, on my little website and one of the things on there that kept kept coming up was child abuse and I'd actually sort of forgot about it but what, what I will say is lucid dreaming has been incredibly powerful I would say the best things that helped me get over my, my child abuse because what happened was when I was 13 I, I got strangled and I feel like it left a lot of psychological scars I didn't really realise it until I started looking into it. But what, what helped me with it was lucid dreaming. Because with lucid dreaming, what I could do was, I could actually go into the experience. In other words, I could become lucid in the dream, and I could put myself back into the experience of being strangled, so that I could really feel what it felt like. And that was amazing, that was. So it was almost like you could use the lucid dreaming as a sort of a simulation. <laughs> a simulation of being strangled. Because again, when you sort of... When you like face what you... When you face things like that, it loses its power. Which is a bit weird, because you think to yourself, I, I shouldn't face it, because if I face it, it'll be too hard or something. And it is hard, but it's it's actually it's actually the only way you can get over it, I think. So lucid dream was powerful. Also, well, what also happened was when I faced it in my lucid dream, I could start talking to my mum about it. And me and my mum had never spoke about it before. So again, it shows you how powerful lucid dreaming is, because what happens is, you think to yourself... You're dealing with it in a lucid dream, but it's only a dream. But what happens is, it starts to actually 
it starts to actually improve your waking state. You, it means you can start facing it in your waking state. So, like I said, you, you face it in your dream, really feel it, and then you can. You, it gives you the confidence, I suppose, to face it in the waking state and like properly heal it. And then the other thing I think was powerful was was talking to my therapist about it and also writing about it. So writing about it on my website was really powerful. But what, like, it goes back to that thing before about disabling the comments. Yeah, because I was talking, one of the, what happened was I was talking about child abuse on one of my diary entries and my dad, who didn't have anything to do with the child abuse, but he actually took it personally. Which I, always, I found that a bit weird. It was a bit like, it w I wasn't even talking about my dad, but he seemed to take offence to it. Which I, f I feel like there's something in that. But talking about it, again, it, it was very powerful. And also, the amount of people that like um, spoke to me about it and, and sort of told me things that had happened to them and stuff because I've been talking about it. So it's, all, it's, it's not just you that it's powerful for, it's powerful for other people as well. Which is quite nice, I think. So I feel like the... And also, this is weird. I know this, this is, sounds a bit weird. There's two things. I feel like that child abuse was actually the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> that sounds a bit weird, that. But I've learned so much from it. I have. And then, what was the other thing? There's a little hole in the ground. That's a bit weird. I think there's a little creature in that. Little creature in the, in the ground. What was the other thing that was... There's some uh, red... There's some mushrooms or something. Red mushrooms. I can't remember what the other thing was. Oh. I think I've lost it now. I'm going to pull another one out. Let's see what this one is. Inside the bag we go. <laughs> oh, cool. I've got a couple here. I'll uh, pick this one here. This one we have. Oh, look at these topics. Talk about suicide. What I learnt. Ajahn Brat and Alan Watts. Trans abuse and no wig. Well, what I do on this one is, this one needs to be its own podcast, this one. This is such a... This also goes into something I've been talking about recently. Because Dan, Dan Harrison from the Ascend podcast, he said about how... I was talking about this last week. He said about the power of saying thank you. So what happened was, when I was in the worst of my suicidalness... I found myself saying thank you for being suicidal, which made me start laughing. And it sort of, it sort of transcended the suicidal feelings. It's, it's a bit weird. But what I want to talk about here on this one is Ajahn Brah and Alan Watts. So, what happened was, that's actually how I found Ajahn Brah. Because what happened was, I was suicidal and I was thinking to myself, is it possible that the way you become fully enlightened, and well, the way that you fully separate yourself from this illusion, 
is actually to suicide. Because in a strange way, suicide would actually require incredible faith. Because what, what happens is, this entire thing we're inside of, everyone says suicide is the worst thing you can possibly do. And I've even heard spiritual people say that people who have suicided, they end up, when they go to the other side, they end up regretting it. And it's probably because they realised that it was an illusion, so that they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have be believed the illusion and suicided. But there was a period, and I still sort of think a little bit, I thought, is it possible that if you suicide, you actually, that's how you break the reincarnation cycle? I did think about that. So then what happened was I started looking on YouTube for what, what, what spiritual people thought about suicide. And Ajahn Bryce, he said something really brilliant about suicide. I can't remember what he said. But I remember listening to him and thinking, this guy's amazing. And that was how I fell in love with him. And then the other one, Alan Watts, he was saying about how one of the, one of the most philosophical questions you can ask is whether you should suicide or not. It's a very interesting topic, that. I'd love to know what happens like, like when when it's all when you've left this place, quite quite interesting that. But I'd like I want to do a separate podcast about this one. I think this is a very deep topic. Let's get back into the bag and pick another one out. Da, 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 da. Where are they? <laughs> They're hiding. Oh, little Dennis, he's falling on the floor. Oh, he's got all mud on him now. Here's another one, look. What do we have here? Oh, I like this one. Do we each live in our own universe? This is another one that needs its own topic as well. So, my theory, and I still think this, and in fact, the more, the further in I get, the more I think it's, this is what's happening. So I think to myself, are we, is this universe my universe? And then is your universe your universe? So in other words, are we each in our own universe? But each of these universes is, is like overlapping. But what it means, let's say for instance, you suicided. It's only your universe that would be ended. See? I think that would be quite cool. And then what that means is everything that's happening inside of this inside of this universe. Oh this is a nice little space. I'm gonna come down and take some photos I think. We've got like bamboo trees and oh I like it down here. It's all like sort of bamboo trees things. You've got the sun shining through as well. It's quite cool down here. Yeah, it's like a little, um, like a secret little house, secret little thing. But I, I'm convinced we are each in our own universe. 
which is very powerful. What it means is you're in complete control of what happens. God, I wish you could um, <laughs> wish you could see where I am. It's all like this court is. I sometimes think to myself, I'm in heaven. I, I feel like sometimes I'm in heaven. Like this, this here is heaven to me, nature. And then I've also recently, unfortunately, I've had a, I keep thinking I'm in hell because the nature to me is heaven, social. The social sort of society, I suppose, at the moment, with all the stuff going on, it's, it, to me it's hell. Because the thing is, nature is very free. It's very free. I mean, the way it just grows and it just, it takes over, but it's, it's in control. But it's free. Everything's free. In society, it's the exact opposite. At the moment, it's getting more and more control. It's a bit weird. So to me, it does feel a bit like we are in both heaven and hell at the same time. Maybe all it is is, maybe it's just your mindset. If you think you're in heaven, you are. If you think you're in hell, you are. Walking around in circles here. <laughs> My little bicycle's still there. I'm going to pull a couple more out, I think. More little topics. Hope you're enjoying this one. It's a very random one. Hopefully I'll get a new webcam before the next podcast. Let's have a look at... Oh, loads of... What are they called? Pine... Are they pine cones, isn't they? I think they're called pine cones. I love pine cones. Did you know that the Egyptians, I think it was the Egyptians, they, they had the pine cone as the penal gland. One of the hieroglyphs or something is um, there's a pine cone which represents the penal gland, like our third eye. Something like that. So the next topic, what have we got here? This one here says, oh, I like this one. Talk about little Sophie. Little Sophie is my little character who I made up and I actually created her. I've got a little sketch I did of her, which, and it was in December 2013. So eight years ago, well, seven to eight years ago now. And then what it was for was in about, I think it was 2019. I finally started drawing her on the computer and I sort of brought her to life. But she's my little, she's my little character. So I've got two little characters really that I'm drawing at the moment. I haven't done much drawing lately though. But I've got little Dennis, <laughs> he's cool. And then you've got little Sophie. And what I thought to myself was, when I first started Little Sophie, 
she was going to have a little side, a little cat sidekick called Kevy. And what it was going to be was little Sophie was going to be basically me, having transitioned. But it was going to be all about her going through the transition and all the sort of funny things that she got up to, and all the social awkwardness that comes with being transgender and stuff. And then Kevy was going to be basically me, but before I had transitioned. And he, he was going to be like wise, and little Sophie was going to be a bit silly. But then what I thought to myself was, I, th I thought, I haven't done this yet, but I thought I'm going to put them two, I'm going to put little Dennis and Sophie together. So I'm going to actually have little, little Dennis is going to be little Sophie's sidekick, I think. I think that'd be quite cool. But I did do, I have done one little drawing, which I gave away to Kaylin, who won the Morty the Mole. When she named Morty the Mole, I did a little sketch for her. When I gave her her art book, I did a little sketch of little Sophie, and little Sophie had her own little Dennis. <laughs> so I, little Sophie, my little cat, my little drawing, she had a little puppet. A little little puppet of little Dennis on her hand. I thought it was quite cool. So my goal is to focus on little Sophie in the future, but there's so much going on at the minute. We've got the transition happening. Although that's sort of well, what's up what's happening in the last few weeks is so last week was it I think it was two or three weeks ago. I got an appointment to have me operation to get rid of me willy and get a fanny. <laughs> I like these words. So I had the operation to have like surgery to get rid of me willy. And then, but because I'm currently in this, I'm in the thing of moving, basically I'm going to be moving in the next month or two, I had to, dis I had to turn it down. Which I look back, and then what happened was, when I suddenly realised it was going to happen, I suddenly thought, do I really want to do it? So that's been on my mind lately as well. So the thing with this transition is, it does take a lot of mental energy. And then also, all this social stuff, there's another little Robin over here. Let's see if I can find him. Yeah, oh, he just flew off, I think. But the thing is, when you're like trying to improve your mental mindset, it does take a lot of energy. And I've I've always, I've struggled until until now. Hopefully, one day I'll find a way to be able to draw and work on my my mindset and stuff with like meditation and stuff. Just at the moment, I, I'd rather I would rather focus on my mind at the moment than my artwork. So I feel like my mind's more important, and especially at the moment with everything that's going on, with all the like all the what do you call it, the virus and stuff, the vaccine and the control. I feel like this is the most important. The most important thing at the moment is your mindset. That's what I think. But then I also know drawing 
is super powerful for your mindset. It's a bit weird that. And then maybe, maybe I just have to accept that I don't want to do drawing. Yeah, maybe that is something to think about. Be a bit of a shame though. I like drawing. But if I liked it as much as I say I do, I'd be drawing more. I've really got to think about that. Why don't I draw enough? Why am I not drawing much? I'm going to pull one more topic out of the bag. This should be the last one. So this one here, this topic we have. I wonder what this one's going to be. Oh, look at this. Look. It says, talk about addiction. Addiction. What comes to mind? Video games. Video games come to mind. What else comes to mind with addiction? Yes, video games really. I feel like well, actually what came to mind there was buying things. Yeah. I, f I find I think the the worst thing for me is buying things. It can be anything. If I suddenly got into say stamps. I would find myself buying loads of stamps. And then what, what I've noticed is you could buy a thousand stamps, you would always want another stamp. In other words, you're never going to be satisfied with buying things. That's something I've noticed that. I'd love to know what it causes addiction. It must be like a, I would say addiction is actually a mental thing which has manifested into a spirit, into a physical. wonder what causes addiction. I, I need to look into that, I think. Yeah, the things I, this is, so the things I've learned about addiction is what you want to do is reverse engineer them. So if I, when I realised I was addicted to video games, what you could start doing was with, you could you could work out that because if you're trying to stop, say, buying video games, you can't stop buying video games when you're in the shop about to buy the video games. You you have to sort of. But yeah, basically, you have to turn the, you have to go all the way backwards and there's always going to be a thought, there's always a thought that kickstarts the process of being addicted to something. Do you know what I've noticed? Thoughts are the, are the source of everything. Yeah, I've noticed that. Hey, there's some uh, bicycles coming down here. I think I'm going to get squashed. Oh, what's this there? Where have you gone? 
It is so fun riding around here on your bike. Get all muddy and stuff. So that's that's what I would say about addiction is you can you can you can reverse engineer the addiction and you can you'll always find it leads back to a, a thought. The question I've got is what is it that puts that that thought there in the first place? Weird, isn't it? I'm fascinated by the mind. I love it. It's such a complicated thing. But I am fascinated by it. That's basically it for this one. I think little Dennis is... Hopefully he's not too muddy. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that one. Oh, a little Dennis is away actually. Doesn't seem too muddy. So let's take us out of here, little Dennis. <laughs> Corny. So this week's little inspirational quote is going to come from a book that I've been reading. So I finished, what's it called? The Power of Now, about well, a couple of weeks ago. And I straight away started reading a book that I've been wanting to read for ages. I got it off my bookshelf and it's called The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. I believe it is P-A-R-L-O. I'm just making sure, because the thing is, the writing's very weird. You can't really... Ah, it's it's P-A-U-L-O. So Paulo... C-O-E-L-H-O And this book is called The Alchemist A Fable About Following Your Dream This is brilliant, this book is What it is, it's a story So it's a little story But it's all based around sort of What would you call it? Real life I suppose It's like He's telling a story of a little boy going after his destiny. But what he's, what he's saying inside of it is actually what happens. And it's like talking about synchronicities and things like that. It's a brilliant book. And it also, it's done this thing where it's got like little... What will happen is you'll read a bit of it. And then let's say every couple pages, there'll be like little stars in the centre of the page. So it's like you can stop reading. So this book has been brilliant to just pick it up. You can read it for like, okay, 10 minutes and then go to bed. But the thing is, I started reading this about two weeks ago. It's, it's the quickest I've read a book in ages. I'm almost, I would say, three quarters of the way through it. And this book is so amazing. I can't wait to see what happens to him. I really am fascinated. But the thing is, as I'm reading it... I'm sort of nodding my head because I'm thinking to myself I, I've experienced that little things like where he, he talks about how things in your past which seem to be completely random later on they will suddenly make sense and it's talking about how like the universe is the universe is sort of working with you it goes back to a quote I remember right at the very start of this whole thing for me it was do your best and the universe will do the rest. 
I don't know if I saw that or if I made it up. <laughs> I'd love to have made that one up. It's cool though. But that's, that goes back into that thing about letting go and stuff. Like spontaneity. But the reason I've got this book is I'm going to pull out a quote from this week's for this week's inspirational quote. Oh, I like this look. So this one goes to from The Alchemist, the book, by Paulo Coelho. I'm going to call him Paulo Coelho. And it says, Every search begins with beginner's luck. And every search ends with the victors being severely tested. <laughs> That's cool, isn't it? So it starts out, you get beginner's luck. Because what that does is it sort of sets you off on your little journey. Because in a weird way, it makes you, it gives you, a, what's it called? A false sense of security. You think, oh, this is going to be easy. But it gives you just enough that you sort of get a taste for it. And it's very much like on the Matrix. That's what I've noticed. When you take the pill on the Matrix, it's like once you've seen, it's almost like in, on The Wizard of Oz, once you've seen behind the curtain, you can never unsee that. This is what happens. You you get the beginner's luck, so you get a little bit, you get a taste for it. You cannot go back to your old life now. No matter how hard, even if you tried your hardest, you wouldn't be able to. Because what's happened is you've now set yourself off on your journey. So it starts out with beginner's luck, but it gets harder and harder. And it goes into what I've been talking about a lot on the podcast, about this grid. So when I had my little psychedelic experience, the grid came to me, and it's a grid with balance in the middle, and it's the balance of opposites, entangled opposites. But what happens is the closer you get to balance, which I suppose you could also call it enlightenment, the closer you get, the actual harder it gets. It's a bit like this. Yeah. So every search ends with the victors being severely tested, in other words, it's at the very end, it's going to get the hardest. Just as you're about to achieve your goal, it'll get the hardest. I like that. I think that's brilliant. So this week's little inspirational quote. Every search begins with beginner's luck, and every search ends with the victors being severely tested. The alchem- alchemist, Paulo Coelho. week for another one.